Hello, everyone. Good morning. Welcome back to another episode of the Waffle Press Movie Hangouts. I'm your host, Diego Crespo. I have a co-host with me today. His name mm-hmm. is Gina Versa. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing. Uh, it's good to see you. Yeah, good yeah. to see you too. Um, we got we got kind of an exciting show today for a lot of reasons. Um, some reasons I won't be able to talk about just because I haven't seen any new movies in theaters since the last time. We recorded, so Gene, you're going to have to fill us in on stuff like M. Night Shyamalan's old Snake Eyes, because uh, it's the movie of the summer, apparently, from yeah. the critical reviews. That's not true at all. But the real exciting news today is that uh, we have a very special guest today. His name is Carlos Alonso Morales. My friend, how are you? I'm doing quite well. Thank you. How are you guys? We're excited to have yeah. you on, man. Uh, so Aww. you are a prolific twitter writer professional <laughs> writer um master shit poster no you're, you're you're a very talented person who's who's had a lot of writing out in the world um so let's just talk about you for a sec before we get into like the full episode what's going on with you how have you been doing since the pandemic started and what kind of stuff do you want to tell the people about um that you're working on well, uh, first of all, thanks for having me. It's really nice to be here and you know hang out with uh, buddies of mine on the uh, at the Waffle Press. And um, yeah, so I recently obtained uh, he's Diego's hyping me up pretty pretty strongly here. But uh, the reason why is because I recently obtained a literary agent for my novels. Congrats! Uh, yes, my my my. <laughs> it's pretty exciting times. Um, we do not have a publisher just yet, but that's what we're looking for right now. And I'm doing revisions on my novel, which is a young adult uh, sci-fi horror book called Eternal Eclipse. Ooh. So hopefully sooner rather than later, you guys will be able to, you and everybody will be able to go out and uh, get it. Uh, we're pretty excited about uh, where it is right now. And the revisions are only making it better. Um, and there may or may not be sequels planned so if this all works out we're uh, pretty excited to uh to get that out the door um yeah i also do uh occasional writing for ign.com um i do some like you know analysis pieces and things like that for film and the, sometimes like the marvel shows and things like that so yeah i don't know how prolific i am just yet but we're on the way we're on the way. Yeah. We're getting there. <laughs> Definitely. Well, yeah, Carlos, it's always uh, fun talking to you online about uh, our shared uh, kind of nerdiness on Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes. Yes. The best animated show and uh, yeah. a fellow Dr. Doom enthusiast. So Absolutely. That's to have my you profile on. picture on Twitter right now. It's Dr. Uh, Doom. What, uh, what artist is that? I'm just curious. Oh, my God. I, I don't think I actually know that off the top of my head. Uh, I know fake nerds. Like a, exposed. We've been exposed. So. Um, no, but I know it's for one of those, uh, one of those like Marvel card games. Oh, okay. Um, it's the art for Dr. Doom from one of the Marvel card games. I can, I can look it up. Yeah, it, it's probably on the top of my head. I'm exposing myself right now. It's probably that uh, Iron Man artist, Eddie Grenoff. It's probably that. It might might be, but I don't yeah. know if that's it, because I've seen him draw Doom and it looks very different than the one. Oh, okay. Have. Then you could be so right. I don't think it might. I don't, I'm not sure if that's who it is. Yeah, but no, it's it's really cool to have you on air with us, uh, my friend. Because yeah, it's just uh, always nice to talk to you online. And yeah, it's um, I'm really excited to read your book and just kind of like uh, you know, 
I love science fiction, so and I love horror, so best of both worlds. Yeah, exactly. So you're you're the they're the perfect audience for this. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And it, it's funny that you guys mentioned like, yeah, we just love geeking out because we were geeking out for like half an hour before we even started recording. Just like <laughs> talking. We should have recorded that. Shit. I know that, that. There you go. Yeah, there's a lot of passion in that convo. Yeah, I know. I'm like, fucking this movie, fucking this movie. Fuck that one, though. But this one, <laughs> you know, like a lot of that. Yeah. But um, speaking of movies, uh, we shall talk about what else we've been watching. So, Carlos, I know. You've been tweeting a lot also about uh, X-Files the last couple yes. months, too. Mm. Uh, have you been watching anything else recently, or do, you, do we want to just hype up X-Files again? Because I know uh, we're both we, huge fans. Uh, I, 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 I can hype up X-Files for a little bit. Uh, okay, sure. so I'm coming at this from kind of a weird <laughs> position, because uh, although I had seen some of it by osmosis, uh, I had not actually watched most of X-Files before mm-hmm. 2021. This is one of my pandemic watches. It was because uh, Disney Plus has Star up here in Canada. Where okay. I am. So that means that Disney Plus is more like an actual streaming service up here and has things that you can find. Like, ooh, I didn't know that was on, on Disney Plus. Um, and they added X Files on, uh, it was February 23rd. I don't know why I remember the date specifically. Um, and I was like, I'll start watching this from the beginning. Click. It was like an impulse thing. And then I watched the whole thing in two months. Huh. Because that's like 100 episodes, right? 202 200. episodes. Oh, my God. See, I haven't, Nine I haven't watched Nine seasons. Wow. Um, that's the and, revival. And, and one movie in the oh. original run. Oh, okay. Across two. nine years. Yeah. Uh, there was a second movie and then the revival. I watched the second movie, but not the revival. Because I heard that the revival was the worst thing ever made. So I didn't feel like yeah. my marathon on that a bad note uh, on a ba- on that kind of a note um but i really enjoyed it i'm a full-blown x file like the h um i've been posting lots of x files memes and jokes on twitter <laughs> since then nice um yeah it's been great uh, as for other things i have not been watching a whole lot recently like not in like the last little bit because i've been working on book stuff I've been playing a lot of video games. Mass Effect oh. Legendary Edition. Already oh, yeah. a handful of playthroughs on that. Um, and Resident Evil 8, which I thought was fantastic. Um, I'm, I'm turning into a full gamer now. Oh. Do you have uh, the do you have play, the new PlayStation PS5? I do not. No, oh, okay. I do not have a PS5 just yet. Um, although they announced a Dead Space remake for PS5 on Xbox Series X, so they might have to force me to get one of those now oh okay i'm like damn it dead space is another one of my i mean i'm writing a space horror novel so mm-hmm. and i've made it no secret that dead space is an influence on that book so if you you should know that i'm definitely getting that game whenever that comes yeah out. you and john carpenter are just going to be like playing the crap out of that <laughs> yeah yeah definitely like yeah me and john um i remember was it it was, it was John Carpenter who said, I remember he said that uh, he would come out of retirement if he was allowed to make a Dead Space movie. And I'm like, yeah. that's one of the best random interview bits ever. Is he like uh, retired or semi-retired? Who knows? He, he's, he's retired, but he's like, he always says like, you know, if, if he has like an idea that gets him yeah. fired up, like he'll do it. He's not like a flat out no guy. Yeah. But he's also like, just dude, I've, I've been through, he's never been what like, I- um, 
he's never been Stanley Kubrick when it comes to the job, you know? Like he's yeah. always like people ask him about Halloween still, and he's like, I did it for a paycheck. Yeah. Like that's basically his first response. Like, and then son, you yeah. get him, you get the passionate response when you keep like talking to him. But he's like, he's very clear that, like, look, up front, I did a lot of these for money. Yeah. However, and then you know, the process mm-hmm. creates the passion, yada, yada. He's like, like son, that. let me finish my joint and then I'll get back to you. Yeah, he's smoking <laughs> weed, playing Sonic yeah. the Hedgehog and Fallout. That's what the he's thing, doing. He has right like now. a personal theater. Um, but, but yeah, he's a god. I, I worship John Carpenter. <laughs> yeah, I love Carpenter. Um, but yeah, it, uh, so no TV shows, no movies. I think that's okay, actually. Because I think Gene uh, and yeah, I will have little, you covered. Little, little bit, little bit of a break on TV and movies, but I'm going to be getting back into that soon. After I get my revisions done, I need to catch up on some things that I that I've missed. But I did go see Old yesterday. Oh, good. So I'll be able to talk about that when we get to that. Yeah, yes, I also saw it. So I, I'm cool. very excited to hear all of that. We'll be talking about our our Mlon, M Night Shyamalan um, faves as well because. I think we go to bat for him here yeah. uh, more yeah. than most of like the, the general public at this point. I am, I am absolutely an M night head. Uh, we are, uh, this is, this is an M night is good zone. Yes. Hell yeah. yeah. And I, I think film Twitter's kind of turned around on that too. Like he, so. he's been kind of, good. Uh, I think the yeah. champion underdog sometimes that I think yeah. that's what it is. And now he, he is kind of an underdog at this point again, which is unfortunate yeah. because he, he fucking did Six Sense and Unbreakable back to back. Whatever, we'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah. Uh, Gene, what else have you been watching? And then we can start um, heading yeah. towards that direction. Um, just in terms of um, like things that I'm like binging, um, I've been watching a lot of uh, an anime series called Robotech. I'm not sure if I've talked about that on the podcast, but someone gave me a big ass box of uh, Robotech, um, which is an anime series. It was by Harmony Gold, which is a terrible dubbing company that brought it to the states and uh it's kind of like this uh it's kind of like the gundam before gundam um when it came uh came came over to the state side and um it was on amazon but amazon took it off which really pissed me off because that's how i was watching it during the pandemic oh, fuck and, you jeff bezos yeah he sucks um but yeah that 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 anime show i think is really ahead of its time because this was airing probably like on some kids network like i don't know like upn or something in the 90s and it has like all this like romance and uh it has like such a like it's talking about the the aftermath of war and what war does <laughs> to people and uh you know it's just about a pilot his name is rick hunter and he gets like a it's like this uh battle sort of uh, robot um these robots um that turn it like kind of like transformers they turn into planes or jets and then they turn into like a like a like a robo like a gundam sort of thing and their their uh, part of Earth gets uh, sent into space, like the city, and they're trying to defend their city from like these aliens called the Zindradi. And it's uh, yeah, it's really interesting and it examines war. And it's uh, it's an anime kid show, and uh, I love it. So that's me uh, going to bat for Robotech. So I do recommend anyone to watch that. All right, I'll uh, as you know, anime is evil, but I will check it out eventually. Yeah. So. Uh, I, I have not been watching any anime. I apologize. Cowboy Bebop, though, is still still my number one. Um, yeah. I have been watching uh, a couple things. The uh, Underground Railroad, Barry Jenkins' adaptation of that of that book. Uh, I finished it, and it's just the fucking best. It's so good. 
um i'm someone who loves tv but does not think it's a like i I think movies are just on a kind of different plane of existence i think underground railroad is like the best argument for tv as as like a truly like cinematic equal to movies like it's the best argument i've seen for that like ever maybe um it's 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 so good i I don't know what else to say just don't binge it watch like an episode a day because it's kind of heavy and I think it's the kind of thing that if it had dropped weekly, it actually would have picked up more steam. I'm not someone who prefers like weekly or the all night kind of mm. thing. I think every show is different. Yeah. Uh, this one, I, I think definitely would have, would have gained more traction if it had been weekly though. And yeah. uh, it's a little unfortunate that it kind of got brushed under the rug. Um, that's yeah. That's, that's um. I was going to say some shows actually um really benefit from that week, that weekly, um, Mm-hmm. things i know they're like such two extremes but i was gonna say like the bad batch you know for like this episodic sort of like serial you know like flash gordon like star wars is mm-hmm. that really benefits like each week um having that so i wish that uh amazon and amazon has like if you look at the boys they've like dropped things weekly so i don't know like what their terms of policy or whatever is but like they should really change it up to highlight other creators. Yeah, um, it's a it's a bummer, but the, the show is going to live forever and it needs to get a Blu-ray release because there's some images in this that like streaming the compression, like mm-hmm. I, I, oh. I need to see like in their full glory. Like it's yeah. it's so fucking good. Um, I'm I'm excited for whatever Barry Jenkins does next. I, oh, I feel like um, we're living like at Lion the King oh, too. Oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> so you're okay. excited for Lion King too? All right. I now can't I believe f- it. Diego is a Lion King two stand. <laughs> now I fucking am. I'm not. I don't need to watch the first one because it's a prequel I, or something. Yeah, you don't. Right? You don't. Um, so I have no idea. Yeah. Oh, wh- I watched. I watched that first one. It's rough. I love Favreau too, but it's rough, dude. Oh, whatever. But I, the point. I the point being. Yeah. I think we'll be okay, Carlos. Yeah, you'll be <laughs> no. fine. The point being, I think Barry Jenkins is like, he's going to be someone we look back on like in cinematic history. I'm like, whoa, you guys were alive when he made those movies yeah. and that stuff. And we'll be like, fuck yeah, we were. It was awful, but his stuff was really good, you know? Yeah, like Moonlight or even like Medicine for Melancholy is really good. I haven't seen it yet. It, it was on Netflix for a bit. So yeah, um, it was, it's really, he's a like always up, you know, for Moonlight and like every other film he's done, it's you know Beale really Street. Beale Street, I think it's yeah. just that and Beale Street. But Beale... those are so good. He he's like yeah, that's a dude, shame. He's, Beale Street, he's going down it. like in yeah. history for sure. I think so. Yeah. I um, saw Beale Street in theaters. Fuck yes, yeah. all you guys. Not not you two. I mean, like, <laughs> oh, yeah. all the people yeah. who didn't shoot in, like as Moonlight did really well. Yes. And then Beale Street came out, and as far as I know, it did not do well. Yeah, box office anyway. I think audience. I think that is a, a marketing problem because that was yes, Annapurna Pictures and they seem to be where movies go to die, unfortunately. Mm. So yeah. Not to be harsh, but they they have they have not had a hit on their hands in a long time. And that's yeah. too bad because they Concerning. do they do distribute like really good movies. It's just they, they're not getting it. Um and something else I, I started watching uh Ted Lasso which I, I'm sure people are sick of hearing about online about how it's mm-hmm. like really sweet and positive and stuff like that. And yeah. I know there's like people that kind of turn on Paddington because a lot of adults are like, oh, it's so sweet and wholesome. And it's like, yeah, it's for kids. That's why it's going to be sweet and wholesome. Ted Lasso is, is very strictly for like 
I guess more mature audiences. Like there's a lot more like cursing, which caught me off guard. I thought it was like a G-rated show. It's not, <laughs> um, but it's 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 a very accessible show. I think about positive reinforcement, and I think why I'm so drawn to it because a lot of TV just I've been trying to start watching more, and just a lot of it's not doing it for me. But this and, and Underground Railroad really struck with me. And I think what makes Ted Lasso work so well is that it's, even though it's about positive reinforcement, it doesn't like shy away from the fact that like, no, the world's going to tell you no a lot and you're going to lose like a lot. Like it's a show about basically learning to live with like failure. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it, it's, I, I'm really impressed by it. I did not expect to like it as much as I do. And um Jason Sudeikis, I, I think, is is I think he's kind of been slept on as an actor. Yeah. He, he what he's doing in the show is really, really impressive. And yeah, it's, just, it's a delight. That, it's a pure delight. That feels like a very personal role because I just remember his uh, acceptance speech for the for what I forgot, like the Emmys or the award. He just looks so like tired and like kind of like, oh, he's been through a lot. <laughs> and it's like, oh, the poor guy, you know, got it. And when you watch the show, you'll realize how personal that gets is yeah. what i'll say um <laughs> wow Talk i haven't about, seen it yet do, i know but like does art imitate life or does life <laughs> imitate art i don't know um and we were we were talking a little bit about fantastic four before we recorded because we're all huge fantastic four nerds too yes um and there's a lot of great potential people who are tossing in their hats for uh mr fantastic like mm -hmm. ahmed best i would i would like to see yeah. that right just useful capabilities yes. as an actor that's an exciting one Jason Sudeikis, Mr. Fantastic. Yeah, that'd be cool. You I would think, like. I think he could do it. Yeah, you would like that better than John Krasinski. <laughs> John Krasinski has has his his weird genre stuff going on. Yeah, I'm glad he's there. I, I don't need him. Yeah, or nay is uh, the the overly seen fan cast of uh, John Krasinski as Mr. Fantastic. Nay. I am going to be diplomatic <laughs> and say. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, this is not an insult to John Krasinski at all. I just personally do not believe. I think there are better choices yeah. for that role. Um, I would like you know to who, you know who I've been pulling for. That someone mm -hmm. who I think I'm the only person. I think I'm the first person to because this is a few years ago when I first mentioned that you've seen old. Uh, Gael, I think, would make a fantastic Mr. Fantastic. Cool. I would love to see a Latino read. I think that'd yeah. be really fun. He would be good. Yeah. I, I think yeah. I think you brought that out to him before that he'd be great. Yeah, yeah that's a good choice. That that's my if they, if for whatever reason I was making the Fantastic Four movie, that is who I would put as my number one choice for this for, for Reed Richards. Yeah. That'd be interesting. Um, and I, I guess that's all we're watching. Everything else is a lie. Uh, so yeah, no, I, I saw I, I saw the Empty Man as well. And that oh, was really I saw great. that too. Yeah, I, yeah. I saw that. Uh, you it's on HBO Max now. I don't want to spend too much time on it, mostly just because I want people to go into it blind, and because we should move on to other topics now. But yeah, um, HBO Max doesn't exist in Canada, so I don't know what Warner Brothers. <laughs> <are>. <laughs> like, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Damn, I forgot. What kind of rollout? We don't have time to get into yeah. that. Never mind. Nonsense. Um, track down the empty man. If you like stuff like a cure for wellness, Silent Hill, 
and anything else that we'll be giving it away. Wow, so. that, that, that's that's all you had to say. Silent Hill Cure for Wellness. I'm sold. I don't know anything about it, and I'm sold. Those yeah. are the comparisons. And years. ultimately, the film is about just how empty could a man get? <laughs> it's uh, it's 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 really it's good. good. It, yeah. Fuck everyone who buried that movie. It's so good. Uh, uh, so fuck on. Fox. Yeah. Well, Disney. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't want yeah. to say it, but yeah. Well, they um, were they, yeah. They yeah, we got to be careful there. Um, but moving on. Toys, did they make us or did we make them? That's the question <laughs> the that this show. podcast posits today as we talk about G.I. Joe's, Snake Eyes. Um, are there any good movies based on toys? I got I th- one. Yeah? Small Soldiers. But I mean, they're not. Oh, like an existing on, toy? Yeah, like an existing toy IP, I guess. Oh, okay. Which movie. is an awful statement that I never want to repeat ever again. Yeah, the, the Lego, Lego movie was good. The Lego movie is a perfect film. That's yeah. that is my honest to God belief. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think I think there are um, there are some um, out there. It's just a little few and far between because I feel like. You know, also with movies, like, some of these, like, movies that we like um, are used to, like, make toys, you know? Like, like RoboCop like had RoboCop. toys. Yeah. Which like, is insane, given that film's, like, thesis statement. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Aliens, which, again, weird. Weird movie to get toys from. Mm-hmm. Uh, but to, to, to talk about like G.I. Joe's and stuff, because this is really about Snake Eyes. I haven't had the chance to see it yet, unfortunately, or old. So I'll be kind of relegated to the back burner and let you two discuss that film mostly. Sure. Um, but we're really talking about the toy stuff because Snake Eyes came out. And Gene, I know you're a huge G.I. Joe fan. Yeah. I, I, I don't care, but go ahead. <laughs> no, uh, yeah. Growing up, I think uh, probably some, my dad or some relatives gave me some G.I. Joe's. And um, I think I got, I don't know. I don't really have, I didn't have too many toys, but I did have like Snake Eyes and some other things. But I remember the animated shows and like some of the Marvel comics and they reminded me of the X-Men in like, uh, like, I don't know, because they were published under Marvel if Marvel was just like reverse engineering all their X-Men stuff. Because it's like, there's like all these love triangles, like between Duke and Scarlet and Snake Eyes and like Snake Eyes is like Wolverine where it's like he has a tragic backstory and then he's also mute. So like he can't express his like feelings and stuff and like um, you know Scarlet's torn between like kind of like uh, Cyclops, Jean Grey, and Wolverine. And um, I always thought like J.I. Joe like I mean probably you know besides being like uh, it's, it's a very military comic like all the the romance and intrigue was really like an interesting part of that uh, of that franchise and it's like a, such a weird soap opera that I got into. I haven't like revisited some of the older comics but I, I just remember like when they crossed over with like the transformers and uh in one con you know in one mini series and yeah i think like gi joe was a little underrated and they probably had like the worst live action debut movie ever but um yeah like i think uh, yeah i was a big gi joe fan growing up so you know and i love snake eyes steven summer's erasure how dare you he he brought us the mummy. Oh, okay. the mummy returns. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, you did G.I. Joe, Rise of Cobra. Yeah, that's, I forgot. I don't hate that movie. 
honestly. You, so, are, oh, so you're at you're at Joseph Gordon-Levitt as Cobra Commander stand. Cobra. No, but I also like again. I'm someone <laughs> I that has like no respect for the GI Joe's property. Like I just it completely missed me. So I have completely no, I have zero attachment. I have less than zero attachment. I I don't remember much about Rise of Cobra. I did see it at the theaters and then never again. So I assume it was not good. The one thing that I do remember though is that instead of the, the Baroness being evil, is that she was mind controlled. She was mind controlled. That was really dumb. Because I'm was like, so... well, what's like, what, why, why? She was actually a good guy. Surprise. Yeah. Uh, that, oh, oh, really quick. Uh, also, Deep Rising. I saw Stephen Summers' Deep Rising for the first time last year, and that's a really fun monster movie. There okay. you go. We'll check that out, I guess. Yeah. I checked that over rewatching Joe Joe. But yeah, I just remember just that Rise of Cobra movie where it's just like, I don't know, like, I didn't know what it wanted to be because they're in all these like mech suits that give them like special abilities um there's like all this weird like um weird aspects of it where it's just like i get that it's probably made to sell toys but it's like all right this is a little too obvious um there was some good casting like i think like johnny tatum was a good lead um ray park was a good snake eyes even though you know he's like he's a such a physical role um the scarlet that they had was good but it was just like like i was like what is this what is this movie? And I'll never revisit it. Um, I've never seen the the one with the rock, but like the of fact course. that, yeah, the fact that they had <laughs> like for the second movie, it wasn't even a sequel. It was like a soft reboot kind of says a lot about the first movie. No, you know? yeah. Well, it, the first one didn't do that good. And then Retribution, I think it was called the sequel, came after Fast Five. Retaliation. Which one? Retaliation. It's called retaliation. Yeah, retaliation. When you when you hit the sequels that start with R for some reason, mm-hmm. franchises tend to be in trouble. You know. Yeah. Uh, I, I also don't Resur- remember. Much I bet about... the next one's going to be Resurrection. That's my that's my <laughs> take. And we all know how that goes with certain franchises. Um, yeah. But oh, yeah, I was the... gonna say. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, if I could just say quick, I do, I don't remember much about retaliation either, but I do remember that the ends that the bad guys' plan was that they tricked everybody into firing their nukes and then disabling their nukes while they were in the air. And then Cobra's like, look, we just disarmed the entire world. I'm like, okay, that's kind of funny. <laughs> I remember that part. And also like Cobra owning the White House with the Cobra flags. Yeah. And I'm like, ah, yeah. oh, that's cool. Oh, that, that's, I don't remember anything fun, else about the movie though. Oh, that's like a, a fun image, you know. That's always yeah. like they took over the, and now everyone's like, "Yeah, we hate the White House." So yeah, it's a foreshadowing. It was a foreshadowing of what would happen in the actual world. Oh. Yes. Yeah. GI Joe Retaliation, prophetic film. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> Prediction. John M. Chu Autourism. Yeah, man. He directed that one. Yeah. It's got some fun action. I, I'll say that there, there's a, a sequence on a mountainside that's actually. Oh yeah, that was good with Snake Eyes. Yeah, the, yeah, the ninjas have like the zip lines, and they're like slicing at each other as they swing past yeah. each other. Yeah, yeah. He's he's a good action director. He just needs to like work on his editing. Yeah. In my opinion, but I, I don't want to get into that either. Um, and I bet that sequence being like a unanimous hit with like critics and fans is why they were like Snake Eyes. That's the one. We'll, we'll bring him back with that. Yeah. And now it's like. I guess uh, people don't actually care for it very much. So yeah, um, should I talk about that? Because I think yeah, I'm you're the only one that saw it. So go ahead. But by all means, yeah, Snake Eyes is a movie where 
a bunch of executives, and I think it's like Lorenzo Divamentary, they 15 years ago or however many years, they learned all the wrong lessons from Iron Man. They're like, let's create, and these are many executives that have learned the wrong lessons from Iron Man and the MCU, where it's like they keep trying, they do the same mistakes over and over again, where they don't think or maybe even care about making a good movie. They just care about building the franchise. And it's like, for all Mar Marvel's fault or what, what have you, that's critiquing Marvel, which, you know, could be legitimate, you know, could disagree with, um, whatever. Iron Man was a good movie. Like, they focused on the forefront of making that, like, whatever they could to make that movie a hit. Like, you know, they were writing it on the go. The script was constantly being revised, but they put enough care in making that a solid movie where, you know, in the app and that movie, the, I know it was such a big thing, but um, the after credit sequence of Nick Fury, that's almost like an afterthought because I, I believe Marvel has released um, different versions of that scene where it's like, he's talking about like mutants and Spider-Man or whatever. Like that was like, they kind of did that, like just as this, um, like in reshoots or something it wasn't that was their big motivation for making the movie um you know maybe it was but like you know the fact that they didn't put that much of a an emphasis during production you know on that Nick Fury scene says like a lot so it's just like um like Snake Eyes is just so focused on just building that universe um and it's just like you know you forgot to make a good movie I would say because there's just so much stuff that could be interesting or like there's good action sequences, which uh, Diego, you're telling me about the second unit director. He did a good job. Like there were some really cool, like uh, martial arts battles or like, you know, they're in, um, they're in Tokyo and like they're fighting in like all these neon lights. And I'm like, Oh, this looks so cool. But it's like, I had to sit through an hour to get here of like nothing happening. And I feel like snake eyes also the big, sort of sin in this movie um like i don't like i know snake eyes is origin and he, he does have one but i don't want to spend too much time there because it's like he's more of a character like wolverine where you know you don't need to know his backstory like he's like oh you know he's a mute ninja and it's like he's cool and it's like well we have to figure out how like what made him so cool and it's like it's not the point so yeah he's kind of like a wolverine character where he works like less is more with snake eyes and yeah that was and henry golden is actually like a good lead like he's like pretty likable in the movie it's just like all the material he has to work with is just really disappointing so yeah i don't know i, I love that character but i wouldn't recommend this movie like at all like it's just boring boring the heck out of me like hmm. until like an hour in when it started getting more into like you know stuff with the asagi clan and like storm shadow and like that's interesting but it, it takes so long to get there and it's just it lost a lot of goodwill so that's just... that's really a bummer to hear because yeah i i became interested in this film because of a twitter mutual named stefano who's who's a uh, just a great follow in general i'll put a link down below to their um, to their twitter account because they recommend a lot of like world action cinema specifically so it's more than just the slop we get fed over here yeah <laughs> apparently action movies seem to be in kind of a rut over here uh right. so the matrix will save us all is what i'm saying but uh you brought up that i brought up the second unit director his name is kenji tanagaki 
And this is where I became interested in the film. So this person directed or uh, also choreographed the action in the Rurouni Kenshin live action adaptations in Japan, which are wrapping up with like a two part kind of film uh, that's hitting America this year. I think I believe one of them's already on Netflix. And I made my way through the trilogy this week before recording. I have I have no preconceived notions of the Rurouni Kenshin saga, as it were, when it was an anime. Um, but these films, I expected to get like really great action because I'd heard a lot about them, and I did. And even better, I got a really great series of films about uh, really lovable characters. Um, surprisingly, I wouldn't say pacifist message because they are action films, but empathetic messages. Okay. Um, I, I I didn't know anything about it going in as well, and it's it's a story about an assassin who decides never to kill again and it's it's really great the action's fantastic kenji tanagaki got hired to do the second unit on snake eyes as well and then that's when i was like okay so i gotta watch all of this stuff then and uh so it's it's a bummer to hear that it didn't work out for snake eyes but um yeah Yeah. go go check out those films i guess instead of uh, snake eyes how can someone watch it uh, you, I got a Funimation trial. Okay. So even though anime is my enemy, I, I got a Funimation trial for this week. And then I just watched all three like in succession over the last couple of days. Um, I recommend it. Go check it out. And I believe yeah. they have the anime on there too. Okay. Which I might actually have to check out now because I really like these films. So they yeah. got me. Thank God for uh, Funimation. Yeah. Anime, <laughs> yeah, you though, win this one. <laughs> yeah, even though uh, I guess they're not bringing my Evangelion movie to theaters. I'm just sorry. doing it fucking on Amazon. I'm sorry. It's a lot. Funimation. Yeah. But anyway. Bezos. Bezos, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you, he should have should, should, stayed in outer space. Yeah. It's like his penis spacecraft, which so weird. Like no one I don't know how like that that design had to go through a lot of people like that no one caught that or like he pushed that through he's like yeah like, I wanted to no it he's like just incredibly divorced he got Botox he wrote a dick into space like he's just get he's just very divorced, <laughs> divorced. That's no, it's, just divorced and, and still and still Elon Musk is more unlikable <laughs> yeah somehow yeah, yeah. So it's uh, I actually Gene can I ask you a question about yes. Snake Eyes yes uh, so I noticed that like when, when they announced, you know, Snake Eyes, I'm like, okay, I don't want to watch Wolverine Origins Snake Eyes. But <laughs> yeah. then they later said that they were incorporating some, like I figured Storm Shadow has to be in a Snake Eyes right. movie. But then they also had Scarlet and the Baroness. Yes. And I'm like, wait a minute. So that's like four G.I. Joe characters. Why mm-hmm. is this not just a G.I. Joe movie at this point? Do you think yeah. this would have worked better if they had just said screw the solo things and just made it a gi joe movie probably because like it, it's really fighting like like there's so much going on like uh, scarlet's introduced like halfway through the movie she she doesn't make um a, like she doesn't do anything because she's around and then she actually gets into the plot like until the third act um the baroness is kind of around and she doesn't get into a third act and it's like um you know they they don't feel like they don't feel like real characters so yeah it probably if they just did a gi joe or whatever because it's just like um as a snake eyes origin movie it's just it's it's uh it's a lot to be desired and then um 
I was going to say also I, this movie, it's like, I don't know like what it was trying to be because um, I forgot to add, there are like giant snakes in this movie. Like there's a giant snake he needs to, because he takes like three tests. One of them is to, if his soul is pure, he has to survive with giant snakes, which could get that are in like a cave and like they could sense your like unpureness. And I'm like, what? And then like, is this like a kid's movie? Because it's like the Baroness is like, fuck this. And she like bails in her last scene. Um, and it's like, they're like violently killing people. But then it's like this like campiness. And I'm like, what is this movie? So if they went all in with a camp instead of like this weird mix of seriousness. So if they went all in with camp as like a G.I. Joe movie, I think would have been a better take than like this really serious, but then not serious, you know? That's so, too bad. Yeah, that's so, my long-winded answer to that. So. <laughs> that's okay. I, I was curious. So, as you're, so what you're saying is the best G.I. Joe movie is still the three-minute intro to the animated film where Cobra attacks the Statue of Liberty. <laughs> yeah, probably. I was going to say, I think that, uh, that G.I. Joe, the movie from the 80s, is actually pretty well done. It's like that Transformers, the movie in the 80s. You yeah. Know? Yeah. How are these 80s animated movies designed for a toy line better than the live act all the live action attempts at the same franchise decades later? Well, I you know, I think maybe the movies. answer, because I, I think superhero movies will get here eventually again too, is that maybe they're just better as animated shows, you know? Yeah. Because I mean, like I I I watch She-Ra and I, I've been very vocal about how much I really love that show. I hear the Masters of the Universe show is pretty wild. Yeah, I've been hearing good things. I, I want to check that out. I, I like Kevin Smith as, as like a producer person. So I'm interested <laughs> to see his take on that. Right. Um, sure. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I know the shows have like massive, massive amounts of fans. And I actually mm -hmm. like a couple of those films too. Um, I, I got a soft spot for some of the Bayformers. And we all, I think we all like Bumblebee here. Yeah, I love Bumblebee. Thumbs up. Fuck Bumblebee was the shit. We'll move on. It's fine. Um, oh, okay. All but right. I, I really like the uh, the first Bay Transformers. I, I think that's actually like a pretty accessible like family yeah. summer movie. It and did. then I like the fifth one because Michael Bay is just like, you guys don't want my other movies? Well, here's your here's everything I've ever wanted in a Transformers is, movie. And it's just like, holy fuck, dude. You got to yeah. work stuff out. <laughs> like, is, go that see the, therapist. is that the production where someone threw a TV at him? That was four. And they <laughs> was... threw an air conditioner at him. <laughs> When they were filming in China, so somebody lifted a whole air conditioner. Well, no, they were like, so they were. No, filming they in... they did, <laughs> they did that. Yeah, like they were filming in like some like some city, and then like someone that was living in a building above where they were filming just got really tired, and they threw out an air conditioner and almost hit him. Yeah, yeah. say what you will about Michael Bay. Maybe don't murder yeah. someone. Maybe yeah. maybe don't try to, to do attempted murder because murder is bad. bad sure. Weird that that needs to be said. But. I, I was going to say, though, like for the animated movies that were better than the live action, you know, one of them has Orson Welles as a giant planet. So you can't right. beat that. His last role. His last role. Did you? Yeah. He's like, you know, I played a dead, I played a giant toy that eats other toys. That was his quote about Transformers. Yeah. He's like, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> it gives me an excuse to, to bring out the books. I forgot to recommend these when I was doing my stuff. The Making of the Other Side of the Wind, my favorite oh, movie of the last decade. That's yeah. a perfect. That's yeah. like, uh, I was like, oh, I love that photo of him. 
Oh yeah, he's just fucking for the YouTube people. Look yeah, I feel like I feel like that's you and uh, that's you and Matt recording. Kinda, yeah. <laughs> it looks like the critic guys from the Muppets. Oh, oh God, yeah. Order. yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's a great read, by the way. Uh, I, I, I recommend. I'm not finished with it yet, but I, I really recommend yeah. it. Uh, but now we can move on to to subjects that I think we're all going to be very happy about. M. Night Shyamalan has a new film called Old that was just out this last weekend. Um, it's a new Shyamalan film, so it is divisive. But I I think there are some willful misreads of his work, yes. unfortunately. Yeah. And I would also say that some of the criticisms are worth listening to, specifically in his relation sure. to writing characters with... Um, let's just say uh, mental disabilities or handicaps. I, I think sometimes mm-hmm. he does kind of lean on certain cinematic tropes that are maybe mm-hmm. not great as much as I love them. But I also think he's one of the best w- directors working today. And yeah. if you want to study like genuine, like cinematic framing and blocking, I don't know if there's anyone in Hollywood alone, like doing a better job of it, but um, yeah. You two saw old, so please, yes. what did you think of it? Um, I'll, I'll let Carlos go first because I feel like I was uh, chewing everyone's ear off about Snake Eyes. <laughs> okay, so uh, yeah, so I'm on record as uh, definitely a, a Shyamalan uh, supporter. I've enjoyed quite a few of his uh, his movies. Um, I agree with Diego what he was saying about you know just like regardless of how you feel about his films, I think his uh, directorial talents behind the camera as a craftsman, I don't think there's a lot of arguing to be had regarding his talent in that respect. But I also just really connect with a lot of his movies. And I really liked Old. Um, I thought that it was a really fun time at the movies. It was the first movie I got to see in the theaters oh, that's awesome. since February of last wow. year. Wow. Um, which was I, my last movie that I saw was my second viewing of The Invisible Man. Because okay. I'd seen it once before, but my sister wanted to see it. So I went with her the second time. Yeah. And then like a week later, we went into lockdown. Oh, geez. It was like literally like the tail end of February that we went to see that. Yeah. Then, like, the next, it was like the first week of March we went into lockdown. So I have not been to the theaters since then and if you know if you know anything about me i'm at the movie theaters like in, in, in normal conditions i'm at the movie theaters like at least twice a week like i go all the time i would go all the time and so this was a big but now i'm double vaxxed feel, feel, feel pretty good um go get your vaccines if you haven't yes um and so i was i felt comfortable enough to go and i'm really happy that uh the new m night movie was my big return to the theater um, not just because I had a great experience, but because it's a reminder that um, he is one of the people bringing you know, original films, really well-directed original films to the theatrical marketplace. And there's just not enough of that. Cool. As for old specifically, I think that with Shyamalan in particular, the two, he's always walked this balancing act between his sentimental spirituality on one side and his lean, mean, grisly, horror thriller uh that like vibes like those, those are the two it's oh it's his movies are always somewhere between those and i would say that old old i feel like the best comparison point to his own films would probably be split in that it's very much on this side 
of that yeah. um, of that balancing act. There is some of the sentimentality to it, but it's very muted in a lot of the film, and it's leaning more towards the horror side a lot, which is not a bad thing. Um, it's it's he's got some really scary stuff going on in this film. Like, but what's great about it is that so much of it is not directly not so much not directly shown but not directly framed a lot of it's kind of like in the corner of the frame or kind of out of focus or you only see glimpses of what some of the body horror stuff that's going on yeah. right and yeah. it makes it so much more impactful and like you you feel like he's he's really he's really fighting that pg-13 rating in this movie like mm -hmm. really hard like i don't know how he got some of that some of this stuff through yeah um I, I was gonna say that tumor when they're removing the tumor like that made me look away i was like gross yeah, yeah there, there is some actual like like all look away stuff in the film i don't want to get into too many specifics yeah uh spoilers sake but yeah that is uh the tumor thing was definitely like a, oh my god Ugh. yeah um, that made me nervous just watching yeah yeah <laughs> And it was just like phenomenal cinematography, um, really strong, just sort of like like what Diego was saying, like you know, blocking and editing. Just he's 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 really good. He just he just really knows how to make a movie like this. Um, how people will feel about how it plays out, I think, is probably one of the more divisive elements. I didn't yeah. mind it. I I like I said, I like the movie for the most part. I think it's something I definitely have to I want to watch again and chew on how it develops in the final act but i will say that on first watch i had a great time i thought it was really really well done um i would uh, definitely recommend you go see it and yeah another 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 win another dub for shamalong in my opinion yeah um before before i let gene uh go on too i want to say that yeah sometimes uh with Shyamalan stuff repeat viewings do help because like with uh glass yes when when we first saw that I was like I don't know if I like where this is going and then like every 15 minutes I would go through this like this rotation of like feelings and I'd be like oh that's okay I, I'm cool with this I don't know if I like where this is going I I'm very unsure oh okay that I I can get on board with that okay I like yeah that. oh and then I kept doing that and I was like I think I liked it but I went through so many emotions I had to watch it again and then mm -hmm. I was like no 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 I, now I know where this is all going yeah I like it so I, I would I would agree with you on that because um Glass ended up being at least um one of my favorite Chamon films and as a big comic book fan uh, that first viewing, I wouldn't say like I I uh, I got um, like a negative sort of reaction, but there was some stuff I was unsure of, like the reveal um, of uh, the secret society. That worked so much better for me in the second viewing, and that like I digested that a lot better. And I think David Dunn's death, um, I was really, in, I was like, oh, like I was really um, kind of like not okay with that the first viewing, and the second viewing, I. I really enjoyed that just like the fact that like this uh extraordinary person dies like so ordinary like he dies from drowning but then he also he dies from his weakness so it's like how else could he have died and he dies like um kind of like no one knows who he is what he did and it's like oh you know i think that was perfect for that sort of tale so yeah some of his movies you know obviously like the sixth sense or signs do benefit from that second viewing. So I do want to check out old a second time for sure. So yeah, going to the back. But you, you thumbs oh, up? 
yeah so old i think um yeah i'd agree with carlos it's like split it's more of like the horror sort of uh side to him and um i i thought it was a really good thriller i saw it with a, a crowd um i went to uh i have to pick them up uh a free screening of it from uh, Beyond Fest. Um, they did a really fine uh, screening at the Aereo Theater. And um, seeing it with the crowd and like reacting with it, like some of those like um, nail biter scenes and some of like, yeah, like there are some really like um, visual like things that kind of like freak you out in the movie and like reacting with that with people, that, that felt really fun. Um, I feel like this is almost because I was reading uh, some reviews where people were comparing it to like his like like a French film almost like in the sense that like what he's trying to say is like really abstract and he uses like the most like surreal like he uses an island that like ages people you know like that's really surreal that's like something out of like I don't know um, why, uh, why am I forgetting the name of that movie where they play chess with death the seventh seal the seventh seal yeah it's like almost like out of the seven seal or this is like a major Hollywood movie that they're being like really surreal and abstract about in like some of the messages. Cause I think um, there is like some sentimentality to the movie. Um, again, you haven't seen it Diego, so I don't want to spoil it, but like the ending, he has a lot to say with that ending and like what he does with some of the characters and what he, what he's trying to say about like life and you know, like not not uh, taking things for granted and kind of like living in the moment. I'm like, huh, this was a deep uh, film from Shyamalan and, you know, it was a good horror film as well. So I'd heavily recommend it. And like, I think this is um, one of his uh, better films. Yeah, I, I'm say, no. really looking forward to seeing it. I will be, I'm still going to check out Snake Eyes on okay. discount day. Oh, yeah. um, I, I'm going to watch Snake Eyes first and then Old and I will report back when I do. Um, okay. but I'm really See, looking forward to it. And old, it, I mean, the, the premise is like terrifying because you, yeah. you don't get age back. And I, I don't know. I don't think there's a way they get it back in the film. Don't tell me yes or no. Uh, this anything. is for non-viewing stuff. But like it, um, the, the premise scares the shit out of me. That, that's a that's a very scary trailer. And I, I got very excited when I saw M. Night put his, uh, his angry horror film hat back on. Yeah. Uh, I, I want to talk about some of her favorites of Shyamalan's uh, filmography, but I also want to ask the question to the panel here. Were his bad films like really that bad? Like, um, do we really think they were that bad? I'm talking like, yeah, I, I think people also have like different ideas of where his like streak started, right. you know, and ended, I guess we'll say. Uh, and some people still think, don't think it's ended. But right. this episode is not for them. Sorry. Okay. Get out of here. Get out of here. Yeah, um, no, this is a Shyamalan is good zone. Yeah. yeah. You you get out of here. <laughs> get. Um, but okay. His his um, bad stuff. Carlos, do you think he's got many misfires and were they that bad? As far as I'm concerned, um, he's got... I, I think that I, I disagree with the general consensus about where the i don't want to say i, I don't want to say bad because I, again i i love i like and respect him as a filmmaker and artist too much to say like oh yeah this one sucked but i'm gonna say like his i, I disagree with where the alleged downturn happened um i am on uh record as like the world's biggest the village supporter mm -hmm. I've never shut up about it. Um, 
<laughs> and so a lot of people seem to think that like, uh, from what I understand, it seems like a lot of the general consensus is that Sixth Sense was amazing, Unbreakable was at the very least very good, and mm -hmm. Signs is still in the good camp. And then yeah. the village seems to be the one where it, a yeah. lot of people are like, hey, this is the start of him falling apart. Um, as far as I'm concerned, the village is my favorite movie that he's done. Um, so I would disagree with that being the downturn. Uh, the next one up is Lady in the Water, which Oh boy, that is a <laughs> film. Um, I can, like Lady's a weird one because I think that there is more to it than it just being a misfire. But what is what I think works about it is very much buried deep within the film and it's kind of really hard to get, to get through to it. Um, I will say that the ending of that movie impacted me more than I thought it would, given that the rest of the film didn't, when I watched it, didn't really work for me. So I was kind of surprised that like, I had an emotional reaction to it. So Paul Giamatti is like, thank you. And he says, thank you for saving me. And I'm like, why am I having feelings right now? <laughs> um, why, why am I having feelings right now? But I think that's, 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 even if the movie itself is not fully working, I think that that's Shyamalan's sincerity breaking through yeah right and that that's maybe his greatest strength as a director beyond just being a really strong nuts and bolts craftsman is that he's sincere and that's kind of a hard thing to be in american film um quite often uh the happening i think that the happening is a really good idea for a movie that's sunk by two leads that don't jive with the work yeah. Um, I would what? say that. No. <laughs> so, like, you're trying to, I, is it that that out of context scene is so funny? Yeah. <laughs> sorry. It's funny in the movie, too. <laughs> but sorry, go ahead, Carlos. Yeah. I just um, love that. I'm going to, I'm going to, I think that the happening could have been saved if the leads understood the Shyamalan assignment. Yeah. So, I, if, if I was for some reason put in charge of, like, if I was like a producer on the happening and I could, like, had some pull, I'd have said, okay. We're gonna replace Mark Wahlberg and Zoe Deschanel with John Leguizamo and Bryce Dallas Howard. Yeah, and I think that movie could have worked. Yeah, because because Leguizamo plays one of the side characters. He should have been the main character. Yeah, mm -hmm. he and was that scene where he dies. That's like that's actually really affecting. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then have just have Bryce keep like coming back because in Village and Lady, she's, she really understands what he's doing mm -hmm. um, and have her be the, I, I think that might have actually saved the happening. Yeah. It's just the two leads were different because they, they, they feel very out of sync with the rest of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Especially Mark Wahlberg because it's like that dude. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know what, I don't know why that choice was made, but it was made. Yeah. Um, and then we have, Last Airbender and After Earth, which I refrained. Oh, I forgot about. about After Earth. I really did like that. <laughs> Till you mentioned that, I've like blinked that out of from my memory. Uh, uh yeah, no, that the, the, those are the next ones. Or Last Airbender and After Earth, and I'm gonna refrain from talking about them because, as far as I'm concerned, those were paychecks. Yeah. <laughs> hey man, you gotta pay. You gotta pay the bills. <laughs> but then, but then he comes back with the visit, which mm -hmm. I, I, I'm a, I'm a visit supporter. I thought that was really, really good. Again, another great example of again just strong craftsmanship and really Love good at movie. making horror 
films out of like really small ideas just kids trapped with evil grandparents yeah that, that's that, a movie and it yeah, works like that yeah. re- that reveal too that reveal like such a great reveal as well like mm-hmm. people when people are like talking crap about him it's like you know how could you say this about like the person that like made this like twist in this movie work so brilliantly you know i i just remember i think we saw that together too right Gene? we did yes yeah we saw it with a couple of friends too and th- that was a packed theater um i i think Shyamalan has more supporters than people oh. realize still because oh. i think people were excited for him to come back yes and i remember i felt it like in the audience where we were like is he back like before mm. the twist even happened like it was like really good i'll I'll go on my rant about how much i love that movie later and i want to hear more from you carlos but like i just need to say like it was really exciting for everyone to go through the motions together like Mm -hmm. is this is he back yeah is he really back yeah i'll spill the tea on that uh on air for this uh for that story when we said diego didn't want to go you don't want to go to that screening. I remember I, I had to force him to go. So. <laughs> Exposed. Yeah. Yeah. No, but like, yeah, no, <laughs> like there was, I think there was another movie you wanted to see. So it wasn't like you were opposed to seeing an M night movie. You wanted to see something else. <laughs> yeah. There was, some, I don't remember. What I, it was. I can't remember. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. Well, I just one of them that. stuck in my mind and one but didn't. He ended up, he ended up seeing it. So, you know, more yeah. of the story. Got to trust mm-hmm. your friends. Yeah. Yeah. But, so the visit I thought was really well done. And then split, I adore like split when I I got to see split yes. uh I got to see split a few days early Ooh. um at an advanced screening and I tweeted like just briefly about it I'm like guys you're not good this is so so good um and it is like that's probably I'd probably say uh actually we'll, we'll get into rankings yeah. later right like we're gonna talk but so uh, it's one of my it's one of my favorites of him Anya Taylor Joy is like oh she's it's the same thing as like when as far as I'm concerned, it's kind of like the same thing, like Bryce's big breakthrough being the village and that performance that I, Br- Bryce in the village is probably like one of my top 10 all time favorite actress performances in anything ever. Um, and Anya breaking through and split in kind of like the same way was like another watershed moment for him. Like I, I and I'm like this, 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 this actor is going to be one of the biggest things in the yeah. world in a few years and look what happens. <laughs> she is mm-hmm. um so and then of course mcavoy just oh he's great yeah unreal. um and just again uh m night's uh just really strong genre films yeah. and then of course the twist on that like everybody was losing their minds like yeah oh my as, God. As like how as, do you keep doing this <laughs> as soon as uh as soon as bruce willis came on screen and like oh fuck the like whole that, theater lost their minds. Yeah, and then too, like you, you like you have a re- reveal with like Bruce Willis, like like this dude that's like, oh man, he's like his career is just like, like like a roller coaster of like ups and downs. But like when his ups, they're so high, and it's like the fact that he had it like this actor that's kind of like, you know, not doing his best, and you make like the you know such a good reveal with that dude. <laughs> Yeah, and then of course the glass, which again I, I I thought it was great. I know that that one has a lot of uh, detractors who felt like they liked Unbreakable and Split, and then they felt that Glass was a disappointment as a trilogy closer. I firmly disagree. I saw it. I loved it the first time. Yeah, 
and then I saw it again and I'm just like, yeah, this is just, a, it doesn't go for the crowd pleasing mm -hmm. type of ending, but it goes for something a little bit more um, substantial, a little bit more um, spiritual, sentimental, and a little bit more Shyamalan. Yeah. That's the thing is that that's what I love about him. Well, one of the things I love about him is that he always sticks to his guns. Yeah, he, he doesn't he doesn't change what he wants to do based on what people say he should do. Mm -hmm. Right? He is a true auteur, and he has a very specific worldview that always shines through in his movies, even if some of them don't fully work. And um, that's something to be appreciated uh in in cinema in art and as far as i'm concerned like he's got like a far better batting average than people will say like okay there's a lot of directors who are more well known for like one or two or three really good movies and then they've got a whole bunch of other ones that people either don't remember or don't care about or were like eh, that didn't really work very well but they're still considered great directors so why is m night singled out um like that yeah. I think it's unfair. It's honestly yeah. unfair. I could think of there's a lot of directors like him that have those like, oh yeah, there's one or two or three really good movies and then the rest of them are whatever, but we still call them a great director. So mm -hmm. as far as I'm concerned, anybody who made if he had never made a good movie again after Six Sense Unbreakable in the Village, I would still be calling him a great director. Yeah. But he still made good movies after that. So you guys shut up and leave I, him yeah. alone. I think there's just there's two big reasons mm -hmm. uh, why the the detractors really stuck around. Um, and this is all related to the internet. And I think yeah. it's that post 9-11, gotta get that in there. Um, sincerity <laughs> became like a real like problem in Hollywood, you know. I think that's why the Marvel films took off in, in a way too, because those the lesser of those films use like kind of the snarkiness to be like, isn't this crazy? Isn't this weird? Like, and people kind of like that's comforting because it makes it feel like people don't get too comfortable, like with being open and sincere and stuff like that. And I, I think that kind of guided, unfortunately, a lot of like mainstream films for a while. That's why people like on, on the internet kind of were very snarky about the Raimi trilogy. Like, oh, he's crying all the time. It's like, yeah, his life fucking sucks, dude. Like, it's yeah, it's like you probably. It's cried. not an accident that those yeah. people go through emotions on film. Like, what the hell? Yeah. And um, the very unfortunate truth that people are just very racist. Yes, I and, was. I was. Uh, I was going to bring that point yeah, up too. I mean, like, like I, I just need to say it. Like, fuck everyone. And you know, like I, I, I think at a, at a younger point in my life, I probably. Uh, said some things I'm not proud of in regards to, to jokes about M. Night Shyamalan's career and stuff like that. But like you had like 30, 40 year old adults at the time going like Shyamalan a ding dong. And stuff. Yeah. I'm like, like who the fu fuck off, dude? Like, how yeah. is that like acceptable? You know, like yeah, it's not, it's not acceptable. You should be like, it's, true. it's a huge part of why, because like, yeah, it's a huge part of why he is treated this way. And it's, it's not right. Mm -hmm. It's uh, a really sad condemnation of, you know, the film going populist. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. like, if you just don't like his movies, that's like totally fine. All of this is subjective, yeah. but you're crossing a line, I think, when you go into to that territory. Yeah. And then too, like, uh, as, a, as a person of color, like, uh, you know, like he, he did a lot of like leaps and bounds and like the, the uh, advancement he did. 
I, I would say in like his movies and in, in uh, the industry too. So yeah, you have to like give that to him, you know, did a lot of uh, groundbreaking things too. And then you're just like writing him off, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. He's, you know, he's, he's one of the goats right now, quite frankly. Yeah. Um, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I just want to kind of pivot back around then. So are, are we of, of the agreement, I think on here that, some misfires but yeah not nearly as bad as people made it seem yeah, yeah. i would yeah I'd i mean so. yeah i would agree like the only movie like i think i just don't like um is just the last airbender movie you know yeah i yeah. listened to the retrospective matt and i did on it and i i think i was very fair there we're like it just doesn't work but it is a very sincere film people people didn't yeah. make it to be hateful and i'm this is coming from like one of the bigger uh last airbender quora fans you know like it just doesn't work sorry guys just you move on i actually don't don't hate after earth i actually think that's that's got a sturdy premise and has moments which Mm -hmm. that's just will smith's weird career where he he (laughs) wants to play unlikable people and it's like fucking will smith people love you do whatever you want why do you do that but the less said about that one i guess the better too i I don't think it's that bad I, i definitely don't think it's like I just, Great. um, yeah, I just said, like, what a weird guy that we looked at. It's a weird dude. Like, it's a weird dude. Sort of popped in my head. Yeah, just a YouTube video where he's like, I got a dad bods. Like, I want to see that. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, oh man, Will Smith, like, just stop, like, <laughs> making videos on the line. Um, <laughs> for many reasons. Yeah. Should, should we talk about our favorites then as we, as we wind down the show? Let's talk about our favorite M. Night Shyamalan films uh yeah let's let's do let's do a top three i don't know if we have to rank them all but um carlos do you have a top three ready for us or should i go to gene and and hope he has i, I, ready? I, 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 I can i can go so yeah okay. I, I already mentioned it, i just tossed this out I, to you guys this was not part of the plan so that's why that's, I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um i again i'm gonna go against the green save village number one um i i love that movie um six cents is probably two the, the sorry for the the obvious answer um yeah. it, and it deserves I, to be there it, do, it does deserve to be there that is one of the best movies ever made like just like canonically um and it deserves everything like um one of the best screenplays ever written as far as i'm concerned mm-hmm. um and I feel like it could go either way, Unbreakable or Split being number three, but those would be three and four. I, I'd have to, I think I'd have to watch both back to back to decide which one I like more because I really love both of those. So I'm going to cheat and say that's my top four. Okay. okay. No, that's, yeah. that's, uh, that's, yeah, that's good, good ranking, yeah. my friend. Totally, totally fair. Um, I, I think it's interesting that as much as we're going to bat for other stuff, that he doesn't really get credit for, we feel like. It's also like, oh God, Unbreakable, mm-hmm. Sixth Sense. Like, I, that I early think, run was unbelievable. Yeah, like, yeah that's, that's like, incredible. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> There's a reason he was called the next Spielberg by like Empire or whatever. Yeah. Which, by the way, don't do that to yeah. people. That was, the, <laughs> I think that that magazine cover might have been the thing that did the most damage yeah. to his career. Like, and I, you know, it was clearly meant from a place of well-meaning respect, mm-hmm. but like, don't do that. You're, you're setting us- unbelievably un, 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 unfair expectations. Mm-hmm. 
Kevin Smith was called the next Scorsese at one point. (laughs) Don't do that. We we all saw uh, Tusk, so you know. I did not see Tusk. Okay, okay. Um, don't see it. Because I've heard nothing but um, unfavorable reactions. I like Kevin Smith as like I like him as a, a person. person, it seems yeah. like. I maybe he's like some horrible monster behind closed doors. I don't know. But like uh, his online presence is is a good presence. Yeah, he's just uh his films are not really for me anymore. That's yeah. All. Yeah. Yeah. But again, you know yeah, don't don't put that label on people. You wouldn't call someone the next Tarkovsky because their movies were kind of slow, you know? Yeah. Like, don't do that. The next uh, in like 20 years, it's like the next Nolan. It's like stop. Yeah. Just um, just let people be people. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, or, 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 or you know what's going to happen? It's going to be like every, every, uh, every female director who comes out in the next ten years and be the next Greta Gerwig. And I'm I like, just thought about that too. I was oh like, no, God. yeah, <laughs> yeah, no. You know, it just, just I got to say now, like, like the women are going to definitely get slapped that label, and then that, that whoever, is whoever tells the next woman that that they're going to be the next Greta Gerwig, we have to beat that journalist yeah <laughs> like beat them up yeah then throw the air conditioner at them <laughs> no 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 i'm just kidding <laughs> no. i wouldn't encourage violence but i will say they should be shoved into a locker until they learn their lesson <laughs> yeah. like, oh, uh, okay top three Shyamalan. Do, uh, do you want me to go first gene or do you want to go first oh um, i have mine just i don't ready so yeah i'd go with signs because that that movie is just such a um such a good film um not you know because uh i guess when i was a kid i was a big ufo enthusiast but like not just as like a like a sort of like a thriller movie but just like as a really personal film about like faith and um you know these themes of like uh i guess like um like why do bad things happen to good people you know it's like it has a lot to say besides just like aliens and also just like um after the experience we went through in like 2020 just seeing like like people like freak out seeing like stuff they can't control like on the tv or like as the world's like kind of ending like you really relate to that family like um i think uh kieran Culkin, um and abigail breslin they're the kids right i think so yeah yeah um like seeing those kids and they're wearing like the tinfoil hats and like you know uh joaquin phoenix is so good in that movie just seeing like you relate and you care for that family like um so much and that gives that movie like it does its job so well i'd really have to go to bat for signs like I, I think that's like one of his best films like that's a really brilliant movie um so yeah signs um i would go with unbreakable because yeah i'm a big comic book fan and that movie like that's like in my opinion and it's not even about like an established character is like one of the best comic book films like ever you know like he gets that genre so much that he made like one of the best like live action uh, adaptions and you know just that movie is just so so well done i just i really love that movie um unbreakable just as a comic book fan and i i think the last movie i think i would give it to glass i think glass was like up there for me because uh just the way he uses the archetypes of like heroes and villains and like um you know kind of spins it on his on, on its head and you you feel empathy and you feel like you feel for a lot of these characters, even though they are like evil, like Samuel Jackson's uh, Mr. Glass is just like, he's an awful person, but you feel for him as he's dying. Like you feel like a lot of sympathy and even um, 
even oh, darn i'm forget the beast you know you you feel sympathy for um uh james mcavoy's character as he's as he's dying and you know it's a really really um because he gets like characters and he gets like uh, actors so well you know the fact that he gives like bruce willis a great performance <laughs> you know you really have to hand it to the guy so that would be my my three rankings right there of m night that's a it's a pretty good one and yeah i like that you shout out the bruce willis performance in that because i actually think it's pretty good too it might be yeah. his last good performance well you know his uh his weird red box uh, era movies right now is uh certainly going to tell a story of uh yeah, yeah what you would rank his performances i mean do you guys even remember like the initial hype after split came out and everyone was like he's gonna fucking do it you know yeah and then bruce willis come like legit comes back and he he's on like the comic-con train and shit yeah he's actually trying and like and he's like like he doesn't have to do that he's bruce willis you know he Uh, could be an asshole and just not really participate but no he's like talking up the performance and like the movie and it's like whoa yeah he's he's kind of like not to speculate about him but he's such a like he comes off as so grumpy i mean we've all heard the kevin smith stories but like i feel giving him the benefit of the doubt like if you engage with him in a in i guess the right way or if you if the material like sticks with him, he'll actually like go to bat for it and like dedicate uh, his time, I guess, you know, not being grumpy. <laughs> you know? But yeah. you know, he's, he's old too. Like if I was 60, I'd probably be grumpy too. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, all right. So my top three, so I'm actually going to go with the visit as my number three. I think found footage as a genre sort of it, most of them get treated with the respect maybe they don't deserve, but I understand. Yeah. yeah. But the good ones in that genre are, I think, a really interesting gateway into like how we perceive stories and people, like where they, they kind of rip off this layer of like filmic inauthenticity and it, it feels more tangible in a way. And I, that's why like the Blair Witch Project is like my one of my favorite yeah. horror movies too. And Cloverfield, I love so much. And The Visit's, um, like, right there at my number three for yeah. me. I was going to say, it reminded me of a movie I saw um, earlier, which uh, I think you wanted to see, uh, the McPherson tape. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I did. Um, which is, that that was, like, a kind of a predecessor, right? It was, like, yeah, 86 it a, or something? It, it was out? 86. It came before The Blair Witch. Yeah, it's fucking nuts. Um, and I, I just love the look of, like, the uncinematic eye Mm -hmm. and i think the visit kind of what that story ends up being about you know it it is about like what if your grandparents were evil and it's like oh it turns out they're not even your grandparents and it's like (laughs) oh and i'll again i remember the theater going that that's always fun when a movie makes the audience do that um but you know it's about what happens when you can't like connect with your family anymore like that disconnect ends up breeding like hurt and pain and the film's kind of about the generations that have to deal with that and it's yeah. just about kids going to see their grandparents mm-hmm. and I, I think when that story settled with me i was like fuck this dude is like he's gonna be the real deal for a long time yeah and that felt good to, to remember and i just want to say that's also why i like ted lasso because the people that are like angry mean people in that show it's like well you know people aren't born like that There's, something happens to them yeah and, you create cycles of anger and pain and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Uh, my, my number two choice, because I just rewatched it this week, Signs. Oh, I nice. think Signs is fucking unbelievably good. It is kind of a film about like, like yeah, I think Gene Faxley put it pretty well. It's, it's kind of 
has more resonance now because mm-hmm. it's like how do you like live in a world with like a bunch of uncertainty and you left yeah. it to, to your kids and how do you go about doing dealing with that and it's like well we're, we're, we're gonna figure it out and if we mm-hmm. don't then we don't but we got to have faith that we will that's kind of what yeah. it comes down to and when i think shaman's interesting too because it's like it's less about religious faith inherently it is for that character but it's right. about faith and like people and the planet and like perseverance and to me that's what like really makes faith based stories interesting and that's why so few of them are actually good <laughs> there's a reason those like straight to dvd yeah. Bible movies aren't good right. and it's because it is specifically about god and trusting in god and not other things also the yeah. filmmaking just isn't very good but science science is incredible science versus faith and how they're all kind of the same thing at the end of the day Mm-hmm. uh my number one choice is unbreakable i think unbreakable is something i could write a thesis on i think i could teach a class on how good that film is i think the framing and the shot composition is like top 100 for american films ever if not yeah. more specifically like top 25 even um i think of the moment when david dunn goes out to be a hero for the first night and he walks in as a man and he leaves as like a literal shroud of a superhero. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, when he falls in the pool, oh, you yeah. see his face for the last time. Mm-hmm. He climbs out of the pool. You never see his face anymore. You just see the, the outline of the yeah. costume. You just see the hero. Mm-hmm. And Brilliant cinematography. Who the fuck thinks like that? That is such insanely smart filmmaking. Yeah. Also, um, um, the music as well. I believe it's uh, James Newton Howard, right? Oh yeah, when he it's climbs like, out of that pool with the the orchestra kicking in, mm-hmm. holy fuck! Great I was like in scene. tears when I saw that last time. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. Uh, so yeah, and Unbreakable is my favorite Shyamalan film, and it it will probably be that just for personal connection reasons. But the dude's got bangers in them, and I, I can't wait to see old. I, I know some people um, have already topped it like into their top three Shyamalan lists on Twitter, so. There are, there are definitely fans out there. And like always, I bet his stuff's going to continue to be divisive. But yeah, um, you know. I, I was going to say um, for any listeners uh, for that, I forgot the name of the trilogy. We'll say it's like, because it's related to the train. It's uh, East Rail 177. East Rail, yeah, East Rail 177 trilogy. If you, if you, because me and Diego have screened all three, or we went to a screening where I had all three movies. Watching those three movies back to back is such an incredible experience. I'd recommend that to anyone. So I'm just throwing that out there. I would as well. And I believe like even like the the structure of the films, at least I recognized it last time. Um, they have Split and Unbreakable have the same movie structure. Mm-hmm. Like this, the, the events are very different, yeah. but the structure of the, the hero origin and the villain origin are like completely identical. Yeah. Uh, it's what a great filmmaker. What a great yeah. trilogy and what a great series of films, mostly whatever it happens you know even steven spielberg has fucking hook in 1941 yeah so oh he also uh, has uh what's that one ready player one no no it was the one that he made in 1990 is about the firefighter it's like that romance movie it's right always always yeah always Um, is not good you know whatever um i'll go to bat for hook but i won't be always as bad i I get that yeah yeah whatever uh I, i guess that's the episode yeah bye no um carlos thank you so much for joining us on this wonderful yeah, Shyamalan yeah, love fest. i was happy to it was great to be here and like i said i like i love talking with you guys on twitter and, and you know, i hope that uh the 
we will continue to do so uh, going yeah, forward. Of course. And like I said, it was a great, it was a great time. I, I loved. Thanks for asking me to be here. Yeah, of course. We'll, we'll have to have you back on another time, and then yes. just on here to, to shoot the shit because we are very far away from each other. So you can't exactly go out to grab a bite to eat or anything like that. Yeah, but yeah, um, man, you guys are in the wrong damn time zone. I know, I hate it. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't, yeah. But you know, at least we always have summer year round. It's super hot all the time. Carlos, where can it's, the people uh, find you? Where could the people find me? Like, mm -hmm. like, like online, online. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Sorry. <laughs> like, like, like uh, Southern Ontario. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, if you want to follow, uh, I'm, I'm always on Twitter. Uh, so if you want to follow me on Twitter, you can at uh, Carlos Alonzo M. Um, I spend way too much time on Twitter. So if you're interested in hearing me talk about superheroes, Mass Effect, you know, just sci-fi stuff in general, mm -hmm. X-Files memes, Star Wars sometimes, sometimes not Star Wars. <laughs> Too much Star Wars. Star Wars um, will get fun to talk about again in a couple years. <laughs> That's my prediction. Yeah, yeah, probably like, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, basically always nerd stuff. And if you're interested in um you know my writing or if like again like just the idea of a YA space horror book and trees you please do follow because more details about that will be revealed in the coming months so very exciting all right thank you again for for stopping by and yeah links down to, to carlos's stuff below where you can check him out on the twitters uh gene thanks again my friend where can people mm -hmm. find you too yeah, you could find me on Twitter and Instagram, Gene9892. And if you're watching on YouTube, I have this background. The more you know, because it's G.I. Joe. So if anyone didn't get that joke, I'm just <laughs> saying that right now. To be honest, I didn't get that joke. But I, I, I'm, I like the yes. background and I like the more you know memes. The, well, so. the more you know about this background. There you go. Uh, <laughs> you could find me at the Diego Crespo on Twitter and check out the Waffle Press on Twitter, YouTube, SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, and Patreon. We get early access to a couple of retrospectives I got cooking up. Legend of Korra, the last two books coming out at you. Book three just came out yesterday at the time of this release, or the, the first episode of book three. And then uh, the, the failed blockbusters retrospectives, where just because they failed at the box office doesn't mean they failed in our hearts, mm -hmm. except for wild wild west which which is a bad <laughs> oh, film. oh man i'm um, sorry oh, man. everyone i don't think that film has many defenders though <laughs> at least not uh, sincerely yeah i think there's maybe one maybe one there, yeah. there's, there's always fucking one uh that's fine that's fine uh scott pilgrim go check out the scott pilgrim retrospective but until then thanks for listening thanks for watching we have been professionally unprofessional professional